0: providing you with the tools, knowledge, skills, and power to advance your career, grow your business, and build a better future for your community. We are the Tourism Academy. Welcome to Business Class. Today's guest, Susan Marinoff-Sausner, CEO of the Intrepid Museum, one of New York's most iconic cultural attractions, talks about building her career in the tourism industry, her ambitions as a young child, and what makes her own management style so successful. Stay tuned. Steve Ekstrom here, host of Business Class, the Tourism Academy podcast, where I get to talk to people who make their living while also making a difference in the tourism industry. Joining me today is somebody that I have known for nearly 20 years, a former boss of mine, and somebody that I respect in the industry, Susan Marinoff-Zausner. Susan, welcome to Business Class.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: We had a little giggle just a moment ago and how long it has been since we've seen each other and how remarkably well-preserved we are. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, how long have you been at the Intrepid now?
1: 18 years. July was 18 years, which I cannot believe.
0: Wow. In thinking about everything you've been able to do there over the 18 years, you know, what's something that you're most proud of?
1: Um, I'm most proud of how we have built ourselves into, I, I think the very simple, way you can say it is people know us as the intrepid. And so if I had to wrap everything up into a ribbon and say, uh, you, you know, what have we done? We've created a brand for ourselves that's recognizable. Um, and we have also created that brand that people know the definition behind who we are and what we do much more than they did when, uh, when I had started 18 years ago. And that's because of a tremendous team um, and a tremendous group effort just over the years.
0: What would you say is one key element to creating a a good brand?
1: Well, I I think you have to have everybody on the same road to the same mission and really understanding um, what the culture is and who who we are defined as. And then you have your entire team as ambassadors, not only personally but professionally in all of the expertise that they bring to the table. Um, And so I, I think everybody really being on that same road Um, with that same goal is absolutely essential.
0: If we take a step back, how did you get your start working in tourism and public events and and things that really draw a crowd?
1: So I don't have a typical um, story. What my story is, is I spent many years in almost the equal amount of time that I've been at the Intrepid uh, in the sports industry. And so I think I just revealed my age more or less too, but, uh, but I was in the business of sports in sales and marketing. Um, and then ultimately my last job before the Intrepid was being the general manager of the women's professional soccer team here in New York um, from 2000 to 2003. And um, when the league folded and I no longer had a job, um, I was contacted by a headhunter about the Intrepid. And um, it was about being a chief marketing officer and a business development person. And I had no idea why after being in the sports industry, they were contacting me, uh, but she was really interesting. And she aligned the functions of building the business and building a brand and assessing an infrastructure. Um, and so you know, she said, your, your ship is your like your midfielders and forwards and um, you still have to get the name out there and you still have to be able to bring in revenue and you still have to be able to do. And she listed all of these things paralleling it. And I said, let me give it a try. And one of the things that I knew I was gonna miss about the team was uh, how the women gave back to young girls. And uh, the giving back aspect really, it it, it broke my heart when that all ceased uh, or the ability to do that every day ceased. And then I quickly realized that there was even more of an ability to do that on Intrepid. So being able to build a business while being able to give back uh, was extremely exciting to me. And that's how I got my start in the industry there.
0: What's something you wish you knew? when you made that transition yeah
1: into the intrepid um what's something i wish i knew i wish i knew more about some of the relationships with um with industry partners really i mean it was i was always in events in some sort in um and marketing and sponsorship and all of those business functions but i wish i knew more about museum work, but that's also part of the excitement and more about not-for-profit work, but that's more of the excitement or what what constitutes for me, the excitement of taking a new job is learning new things, learning about a new industry, learning how to apply your skills um, to something completely different. And I think today more than ever, um, people are more open to having others from other industries join a new industry. I think people are more, um, more open to seeing that it's the skill set, not that it has to be a travel industry to a travel industry. You can have somebody excellent in, you know, selling widgets, right? Who can come in and potentially really knock it out of the park doing sales in the industry in the tourism industry.
0: So, when you talk about relationships, um, you know, who are two people maybe that you've met since working at the Intrepid whose insight you've come to really value.
1: Oh, I don't know if I can name two people because I will pick t- your favorites. <laughs> pick, oh, I can't do that. Um, no, you know what? I'll tell you why. Because um, my philosophy, and um, I believe how we become excellent, is trusting and learning from the professionals around you. So when I sit in a table with my around a table with my colleagues, and I consider my colleagues to be everybody at the Intrepid. Um, we learn from each other. But I think I learned the most because I think that the smartest people are everyone else around the table. And so the only way to, I think, be successful is to listen to their insights. I can't make decisions on curatorial aspects. Um, I listen to the guidance of and to uh, the expertise of those around me. I am not going to be, um, you know, I'm not going to be suggesting that I'm going to put together the spreadsheets for certain, you know, elements of the business or for working on the aircraft. Uh, so it's about the it's about the insights of the experts around me. And there are so many more than two. Uh, when it comes to communications, I'm listening to the expert uh, communications person that we brought in and human resources. And I mean, so it's really about I think I think what makes us successful and what has made me more successful than not, I I hope to say, is that I I listen to those. You bring in people who know their business in their in their uh, their expertise and then you listen to them and that's why you have them there.
0: Working with a nonprofit and working with a board of directors, um, a lot of the folks that we've talked to here in business class run destinations. And whether they report to city government or their own board of directors, um, that comes with some opportunities. And, and what have you found as an organization leader in um, leveraging your board of directors or your relationship with your board of directors to, to be successful?
1: So it's, um, it's really about, again, it's almost the same answer. It's knowing where their expertise lies. And so um, I'm very fortunate to have known and developed relationships with our trustees for many, many years. We have a lot of long-term trustees on our board. And um, my team and I really realize um, what they enjoy doing and I think with where, where their strengths lie, and I'll call that in... Um, the relationships that they have, and in the expertise in their particular industries that they bring to our table. So, if we are challenged by certain uh, by certain elements, we will go to those particular trustees for guidance. Whether it's in the finance area, or whether it's in um, a marketing area, or whether it's in a um, space expertise area. And so we're able to tap into relationships. We're able to tap into um, advice uh, and we're able to tap into their own network to better us. And uh, I think that's been truly important. Uh, And it's it's also about transparency about what's going on to garner support. And I think that too is um, huge and an admission of mistakes is huge. Um, nobody is flawless, and I am certainly not flawless. And so to be able to admit mistakes, but also credit where credit is due to others um, in front of the board and let them know where those successes are coming from, I think all of that is what builds overall success.
0: When you were growing up, if somebody asked you what you wanted to do, what would you have told them?
1: Um, I wanted to be a veterinarian or a nutritionist. (laughs) that's not not entirely true it is true I wanted to be those two things but I always told my dad I wanted to be a CEO of some sort of a company it was a third
0: one of the phrases that we use in tourism is that um, it's sometimes like herding kittens (laughs) so I I think that combined with the fact that you're still in remarkable shape means that you (laughs) you accomplish those two things what's something your visitors or constituents never ask about but you really wish they would?
1: Um, I think I'd love for them to outwardly say right away what do you all do as an institution to give back to the community. I think one of our struggles has been um, for a long time explaining what we do within our steel walls that's different than being um, a, a cultural attraction or cultural institution and attraction. And uh, when we are able to tell them that we bring in 55,000 students a year, underserved students from New York City a year, that our primary goal, and and by the way, your ticket today, what you have paid for your ticket is helping to go underwrite um, having these kids come in and subsidize these trips for these kids to have STEM education taught to them through our artifacts and through our uh, heroic stories, I don't think people know that right off the bat. And that's every day what we're working on to try to have that elevator, a micro elevator message delivered in what is our branding and our marketing. So I I wish we had an opportunity with every person to answer that question or proactively describe that because all of a sudden it opens their eyes to doing to what we do so much more than being this really cool place to visit. And both are important, and and we do give back so much to our community besides that. We have our programming for all of our access um, and special needs, whether it's for those with autism or whether it's our veterans who return with PTS, um, those who have dementia in their family. The list is is endless, and our team, much of our team focuses on those programs every single day, and, and the visitor generally is not aware of that.
0: A quick reminder about the Tourism Academy, offering online, on-demand, and live, in-person training so that you can create stakeholder alignment, demonstrate the relevance of tourism to your community, empower local businesses, and improve the local tourism experience so you can have more positive social mentions, longer stays, and more repeat, high-volume visitors. Build a culture of inclusion while saving time and money with online Tourism Ambassador training and certification by the Tourism Academy, tourismacademy.org. From what you mentioned about working with the team, it sounds like you see your role as really helping to bring out the best in the others around you. Um, what advice would you have for somebody who would be stepping into that sort of role? You know, listen to the professionals and listen to people with their expertise. But, um, you know, how do you how do you let your own personality and your own skill set shine there?
1: Um, a couple of different things. I, I like to bring humor to the table. I think that levity is important when there are stressful situations. And I think in a not-for-profit where you have so many experts um, and at the same time we have to make money while also wanting to provide good and expertise and, and all of that um, is about bringing everybody together in one cohesive, uh, one cohesive one, one place where the, it's a cohesive decision, it's a unilateral, it'll never be unilateral, but where everybody sees the benefit of making a particular decision. But it gets very it can get very serious and we work very hard and I like to bring that levity in. Um, and I think we all we have all, I would say to somebody else, always have your colleagues' backs. I think we all have our, each other's backs. and I think that we also realize when the lift gets too heavy, we're there to step in and share it. And I think that's really important. I think that um, inclusion and acceptance of everybody's um, quirks and everybody's uh, differences makes us so dynamic and who we are. And I think being very transparent about weaknesses is really important. So I think all of those for someone stepping in, that's the culture I, I like to try to implement. And I would hope somebody would want to do that. It's a very tough balance to um, be able to do everything you wanna to do to show your expertise, but also know you're a not-for-profit and we have to make money. And it's not so easy, um, especially given this last year and a half, but it is really important to maintain a sense of balance and humor um, and self-deprecation.
0: Mm-hmm. When you think back to your early your early working years, um, What's the best piece of advice that somebody gave you?
1: Um, confront the uncomfortable. And uh, I, I love telling this story, actually, if I may. So, uh, go for it. So, in my very first job, uh, I was responsible for probably what is a total of eight thousand subscribers, and um, we were invoicing the subscribers, and we send out the mass mailings. At the time, it wasn't digital. And um, we send out this mass mailing, and I was probably 23 years old, and, uh, and there was a letter from me, and I signed it, and I said, and please return your, you know, payment in this, you know, stamped envelope, blah, blah, blah. And it all goes out, and I realized in the middle of the night, we never included the, re- the reply envelope. So here it is, you know, big deal, self-post, you know, postage paid envelope. And I flipped out and I said, oh my gosh, I'm going to get fired. I can't believe I did this. And I got in before my boss who would arrive at like seven in the morning, sat in front of his door on the floor. And when he got there, he said, what's going on? And I said, what happened? And he said, you confronted the uncomfortable, good lesson for you. And that was it. That was it. But I think I think confronting the uncomfortable stuff is truly important. I think um, being transparent and being honest about your mistakes is incredibly important. That was one of my lessons.
0: I will share with you a little insight on how this podcast got started. And in working in tourism, there's a lot of messaging about product and a lot of messaging about place. Yet when people who work in tourism get together, we usually say it's about the people. And that makes me think back to a phrase that you had used many years ago, and that is the humanity behind the hardware.
1: Right.
0: How have you seen that in action at the Intrepid over the years?
1: Well, that phrase actually started in how we implemented um, a renovation and new exhibits. And so talking about the hardware and then the people behind the hardware. And so that was, uh, it's actually a really interesting question. And Uh, And so it was so important to be able to tell human stories in the realm of Intrepid in its day, but how that has morphed is also to an understanding, and I I realized this before the Intrepid too, but people first, and your people at, at the Intrepid, your people everywhere, are your primary and best resource. Um, And so being able to or not being able to, but but knowing that that is the very first thing you have to take care of in order for people to be happy. And when people are happy, you have a happy place and you have more productivity and it goes toward inclusiveness and all that we have learned over this past year and a half as well, that when you have a comfortable place and an accepting place, you have happy people, happy people. Make for that happy place, and so uh, the the heart, the humanity, and the lessons of the people behind the Intrepid when it was in service is equally important to the people who are now behind the Intrepid as a museum.
0: You know, you've mentioned a couple, a couple times the challenges over the last year and a half um, with COVID and and in the nonprofit world that's been. Especially painful, I'm sure. Um, What is one magical moment that happened to you, either personally or professionally, uh, in the last year and a half?
1: You know, it's so funny. As the year and a half has gone by, we all talk about the silver linings. And so... um... I think it's always, I think if you remember too, I'm an emotional person, right? I get very sensitive to um, watching people's successes and watching people as they embrace each other. And I think the coming together and the rising up of everyone, from people who were furloughed to those who weren't. and the understanding of what we are going through as, a, um, as an entity, as individuals, as professionals, as families, I think all of that has just filled my heart uh, tremendously. And there are a lot of silver linings that we have, um, there's no doubt, both personally and professionally. Uh, you know, there was, there's been tough times in my family over the last year and a half. Um, but it also brought us just together every day, uh, which was amazing. So I think that there are again more than two people whose insights I um, I listen to. I think that there have been so many lessons we've all learned about. You know, look where I'm working right now, right? That it's it's tough working. I think. Um, alone, but I also think that we all have figured out ways to do this. I think technology has pushed um, pushed us into places that are easier, sometimes harder. Um, I think there are a lot of, like I said, a lot of silver linings, but I think that people have really shown amazing strength, and I think that has been incredible.
0: So with a With a career like yours and and the responsibility that you have, what are a couple things that you might do to sort of get back to a place where you're at ease and you're not focused about work? What what do you do on the weekend?
1: I love being with my kids. I love being with my family, my husband and my kids. Um, We are very recreational. We love the outdoors. This past weekend, we were doing a ton of hiking. And, um, and we were hoping to go to the beach on, but we ended up not going to the beach, but um, we just, we spend a lot of time together doing some creative things. We play tennis um, and spend time with friends.
0: Fantastic, I wrap up every interview. Uh, is there anything I didn't ask, but you hope that I did?
1: No, this has been an absolute pleasure. It really has been. And I'm grateful for, for your time and uh, that you're spending with me.
0: Okay. Well, me too. And we wrap up with a question from the deck. So, pick a number, one to ten. Seven. Two,
1: three, four, five, six,
0: seven. Question number seven. Who was your first true friend, and what brought you together?
1: <laughs> um, that's an easy one for me. Uh, my best friend till still to this day, and probably wasn't my very very first. But um, she was. I was nine. I hope that's early enough. Uh, is my friend, Lori, and we met in camp, uh, in sleep Boy camp. And that's what brought us together. And uh, like I said, we've been besties ever since. And her kids are a little bit older than my kids, but they are like older sisters to my young boys, my two younger kids. And, uh, and yeah, it's been, so I'll, I'll reveal, it's been 45 years, almost. 46 years that we've known each other.
0: Well, let's hope there are no mathematicians listening.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: If folks want to learn more about the Intrepid, the work that you do, and and the giving back to the community that you put in place, how would you suggest they do that?
1: Intrepidmuseum.org.
0: That's pretty simple. Well, Susan, thank you for joining me here on Business Class. It's been a a great conversation. It's also been great to reconnect with you.
1: Absolutely. And
0: uh, we'll see you around.
1: Thank you so much. Good luck with everything. Absolutely fabulous.
0: Thank you. Take a course. Train your people. Teach what you love. Promote your products. Donate today at tourismacademy.org, a 501c3 nonprofit organization.